So welcome to another episode of the SEM podcast. Jack Bryce and Zach Hewlett again here today hosting, and we're joined by our guest, Rory Grant. Rory, so good to see you, man. It's good, good, to, good to see you both, and hopefully, good, you know, good to kind of reconnect with everyone out there that's listening. So it's good, good to be here. Absolutely. Where are you calling in from? So I'm in Dundee, the Scot- Dundee, Scotland. So I'm, uh, and I'm actually, I'm actually sitting in the church this evening. Um, to be honest, I quite like coming to church, and it's just easier to concentrate, and there's not all the noise in the background. So I'm in the Bingham Chapel this evening. So How about that? Oh, love the Bingham Chapel. Is, I think That's this cool. is the first call we've had, like, with somebody in Scotland. Is that right, Zach? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> there we are. Awesome. You're you're kind of a, a twofold though, because you're a former missionary, as well as now a current resident. So you know you're you're a unique, a unique <laughs> one to our to our uh, cause here. So oh, good, good. Yeah, love it. Wonderful. All right, Rory, I think you're familiar with our format, but we talk about how you ended up on a mission going to Scotland. Then we'll skip over and visit with what you've been up to since. Uh, and then we'll go back and reminisce a little bit. So if you want to start us out with how you ended up in Scotland. Sure. Um, I was actually thinking, you know, just thinking a lot about this earlier on today. Um, and I suppose growing up, it was never a question of um whether i was going on a mission i was always prepared and knew i was going on a mission um i always just felt and just kind of knew deep down inside it was what what you know was really expected but I knew more importantly it was i knew it was what god expected of me so it's always it always it was something i was always going to do but i was actually laughing to myself think about this because i'm quite stubborn at times and although i would made a, the decision to go sometimes we'll maybe be familiar people will say oh so when are you going and the more people ask me I kind of I was a bit stubborn and I kind of dug my heels in a little bit so I went slightly later just because I want to feel I was doing it I guess in my own I wasn't being forced to do it um so it wasn't not that I went terribly late my birthday I turned 19 in the, the November and I left in the April so it wasn't all that long but I was just Looking back, I probably could, I could have went earlier. It was just my sh- stupidity and stubbornness that, that prevented me going earlier. But so that was how I came to kind of to kind of go. And interestingly enough, um, I don't know. Sometimes you'll speak to people from the UK, from England, um, and they'll maybe tell you when they get the call to go to Scotland, they were sort of bitterly disappointed. You know, I'll be honest. I was thrilled uh, to go to Scotland. I'd never been to Scotland uh, prior to my mission. So I was I was pretty happy, pretty excited to come to Scotland, um, probably because uh, for you know culturally is very similar. The language is pretty similar, you know, to you know more or less, and and that's how I kind of uh, yeah that's how I kind of came to be here. So okay, and you were leaving from Isle of Wight, right? From Isle of Wight, yeah. So down in down in England, so part of the the London. I was going to say London itself, but now it's just the London, the London mission. Hmm. Interesting. Great. All right. So that was April-ish. Let's go two April, years later. Two thousand three. Yeah. On the yeah. Two thousand five. When you went home, tell us. You know what you've been up to for the last eighteen years now. Good. Good question. So. Um, 
so when I went back home to begin with, um, sort of carp- obviously I was a sort of carpenter doing carpentry and joinery. That was what I did. So I went and did that. Uh, when I got back home, um, somebody I went to school with, we went into business together for a while until, uh, more or less until I moved, until I met my, my wife. Um, she's from, from Dundee. So never, I'll, I'll say it now, I never met her when I was on my mission. Didn't even know she existed when I was on my mission. Um, <laughs> But we, so we met on, uh, I guess it would be like mutual now. It was called LDS link up at the time. So yeah. that was, how, that was how we met. And I gave it, that had these stupid little one liners you could use. Um, and as you said, to, I, I'll be honest, I thought she looked quite, as you would say, quite cute. So I, sent, uh, I used the line, do you recognize me? And I gave her the chat about how I'd serve my mission. So that's how we got talking. So, and the rest <laughs> is kind of his, history. Um, so I moved up. So I quickly moved up here. I came to visit um, the state president. He was a bishop in the ward at the time. So I came to visit because the initial plans uh, were that Jill, my wife Jill was going to move down south with me. But when I came to visit the ward, um, I just thought that I thought the people were far more friendly. Um, the ward is really good. So I made the decision to to locate to move to Scotland, and it's you know the best. I'd say it's the best decision I've ever made. So in the last you know close to 20 years um since i moved up here i kind of I continued sort of working but i was working for just for other people and then maybe for the last 10 years or so um still been in construction but just been in various different management um roles and so currently now i work for a company in the uk just probably a lot of people won't have heard of, heard of them uh, it's a company called persimmon and they're one of the the biggest house builders in the uk um and so my job has been up until now um, a quality manager, quality control of the houses getting built. Um, however, just this past week, I've been offered a new position with the, within the company, um, just doing something a little bit different, just doing an auditing role for the c- construction activities across the country. So it'll be traveling up and down the UK. So I don't really know too much more than that. It's like it's a new role within the company. So, but, so that's really what I've been doing. Just, just construction is what I like. Um, I do sometimes miss the kind of the, the, the hands on the physical side of it. Um, but from time to time, I still kind of dabble. Um, people will ask me to make certain things. So I, I do quite enjoy it when I get the opportunity. It keeps me feeling, I don't know, keeps me feeling, uh, probably, well, keeps, keeps me feeling active. Um, and it's quite satisfying. So, but that's a brief history of what I've been doing for the last, like say near 20 years. Scary. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. So your your wife from Scotland. What's yes. her maiden name for people who might know her? So it's Jill Anderson. So her father, Keith Anderson, someone will remember he was on the state presidency at the time. Yeah. I, I used to think he was quite stern and serious when I was on my mission, but he's not all that serious. He's he's yeah. <laughs> I saw a different side to him. <laughs> I'm sure you right. did real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and any children? Yeah, so we've got three three children. So uh, they're all they're all uh, grown up. The, the oldest is sixteen. Libby got son Carlisle, who's thirteen, and Dixie's twelve. So they're all grown up pretty fast, becoming more independent and costing more money. <laughs> <laughs> I hear all that. Right. That's the sad reality. That's what happens. <laughs> this. But no, they're all they're all they're all very different, but they're they're brilliant. You know, 
yeah, I joke, but they're all pretty, they're, they're all generally well behaved and like I say, yeah, they're they're brilliant. Um, so very good, and that's <laughs> great to hear. Um, uh, all right, so let's go back now, April two thousand three. You can start at the MTC or getting to the mission, however you want, and just so, we'll, we'll go through. So the, M- the MTC, I probably got quite. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really enjoy. I didn't enjoy the MTC. For me, it felt like um, going back to school because I don't know. It's, was it twelve hours? You had your lunch and things, but it was more or less like twelve hours sitting in a classroom studying. Yep. And I found that quite hard, and so um, I struggled to kind of sometimes to stay awake. So the stupid things you do when you're on a mission. My companion is from um, from America. I think he's from Idaho. Uh, Elder Oslo was his name. And he was, he was quite a big, big lad. Um, and so one day when we were in the class, I said to him, to kind of keep me awake, I said, go on, punch me. So I got the punch me, um, punch me in the head, just kind of like here. So he punched me in the head. And um, I was like, oh, come on, man, you can do better than that. And he was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hurt you. I said, come on, give me your best shot. So he totally like full pelt, kind of give me a good clout in the head. And I don't know why, but for some reason, it didn't really seem to hurt. And so I was like, come on, do it again. So we thought it was quite cool. So, you know, we're shown to the sister missionaries like, yeah, watch this. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. And so that was that was how I kind of stayed awake. It was good at the time. And then later on the evening, I had this big, big lump on the side of my head. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, M- the MTC, I kind of I found that kind of quite difficult, like say, um, but to be honest, my companion, Elder Osler, he was the one that kind of kept talking me through it. And he said, you know, he, he was kind of my lifesaver, um, kind of kept me going, kept me motivated. Um, and he just said, look, just get through this um, and you'll get to the mission field um, and everything will yeah, will be different. And so that was kind of what I did. I kind of stuck in, did what I had to do there. Um, well, I, said, I, could, I couldn't say that I enjoyed it. But at the same time, um, you know, there, there, there were good things I took from it, but, but it seemed quite... I didn't enjoy school, and that's maybe why I didn't enjoy the MTC. That the study, the the long hours, you know, it wasn't. It's for me. tough. It's definitely tough. It's a lot longer than a school day. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I actually cheated as well. Um, I shouldn't really say this, but I'm bad. I like my sugar. Church things, you always get like they always give you water, and I'm like, I don't want water. Like, well, I don't I like water. Yeah. So what I did, I used to fill the bottle. I used to go down to the canteen and I used to fill it with Sprite. So look like what? So I'd be. That was it. I always used to have Sprite in my little bottle. That was my <laughs> MTC. The sugar kept me going. It's not a bad thing. Sugar, yeah, sugar is good. Sugar is good for for keeping you going. Yes. <laughs> All right, and then away to Scotland. Way to Scotland. So um, that was quite cool. Remember, we arrived by train, so that was quite cool. Um, I can't really me- remember much about the journey, uh, but I do remember getting in this little train station, meeting the assistants. Um, I think it was Elder Hal and Elder Menino. Uh, Elder Menino is from Italy. Brilliant. So I remember being picked up. Uh, took to the mission home and it's just yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. I remember just feeling quite excited at that point. Um, 
obviously it was President Wilkinson. He was the mission president when I first came in, I think just, just for that six weeks. And I remember being in the mission home up in the, the you know, the extension of the mission home, uh, sitting in the kind of wee room there listening to him. And I remember there was only not big groups who were sat there listening to this guy speak. And I'm like, whoa. And it felt like this guy was a really good speaker. And the, the way listening to him, you felt like you're listening to a general authority. I'm like, whoa. This, you know, he, he had quite a presence. So I remember that being quite impressed. Um, and then obviously, obviously where you get your, your, your trainer. So it was always exciting. You're looking at all the guys there and you're saying, oh, you know, you're always kind of, you're guessing between you who you're going to get. So I got Elder Gilmore, um, which you, you, you know, I think you've had on here before. So he was, yep. you know, he was brilliant. Really, really good. Um, really good. I can't say anything bad about him. Really good, really good uh, trainer. Um, he worked very hard. He was very, you know, had a really good sort of work ethic. Um, so that was good. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how much, how much do you want me to say at the beginning? Because I've, I've got, I've got an interest in all of it. We want the interesting part of the story for sure. Right. Okay. <laughs> so we want to hear, we want to hear your side because we heard well, Alex's side. This is the good bit, right? Okay. So, so obviously with Elder Elder Gilmore, like very fun, like very fun, but like I say very staunch, very hard working, um, and I probably maybe didn't appreciate that at the beginning. And that was more probably more to do with where I was at. So anyway, we got to work. Uh, you quickly got to the flat, out working, um, kind of learning what missionary work looked like. And I remember uh, the couple of things I remember quite distinctly. I remember one evening we probably probably the first evening went out doing some uh, chapping, some door knocking, some chapping. And I remember kind of watching him doing the kind of door approaches and the whole kind of how you go about it. And I remember kind of watching, um, and, I, and I felt I sort of plucked up enough courage, and I said to him, "Look, I want to more or less, I want to try it." Um, so I kind of gave it a go, and I didn't think I did too bad. Um, but being a good companion that he was, he gave me some what you call constructive feedback. You know, just, 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 just. You know, and I look at it now. I know he was trying to help me, but I, I didn't perceive it like that at the time. So he told me things, you know, kind of critique me on some things that did good and some things not to do. So on my next door approach, I felt I took that on board. So I felt within myself I'd done a little bit better. But then when I kind of spoke to him, yeah, it didn't seem like that. You know, and again, I think it was more about where I was at. And it felt like whatever, just in my mind at the time, it felt like whatever I did, it wasn't quite good enough. Um, so that was how it sort of began. Um, I remember, I think the following day we went into Stirling Town Centre, and Stirling's not a very big place, a little town centre. And we were doing some street contact and some GQN. So he told me about sort of again how it works. And I remember stood there, and all these people seemed to be kind of walking by. And I'm trying to stop these people, and nobody really seemed to be too interested. And in my mind, I'm saying to myself, "What am I doing? You know, what am I doing? You." Know, why you know what was i doing there and in my mind i was saying to myself look i know the church is true but i don't know a whole bunch about it you know how can i in my mind i was saying how can i possibly tell people about things i don't really know too much about and that that was sort of playing over and over in my mind and i didn't have a very successful uh gq and experience that first experience we then we went to and i can picture it i can't think of the, i can't 
think of the name of where we went to, but I distinctly remember we went, uh, we got on the bus and we went to do some chapping. And I remember we were sort of busy chapping and we were walking in between. And I said to Elder Gilmore, I just said to him, look, man, dude, I want to go home. And he's like, what? I said, no, no, I want to go home. I was like, I'm completely wasting my time. I don't want to do this. This is yeah, not what I signed up for. And we had this little sort of conversation. And, you know, I can't remember exactly what we said. But eventually, uh, we, we got back on the bus. It must have been enough of a conversation. We got back on the bus and we went back to our flat in Sterling. And in those days, I was saying we didn't even have mobile phones. At, although there were mobile phones, missionaries, we didn't have mobiles at that point. We still had the old landline. Wow. So we had to go back to the flat to use the phone for me to phone the mission president, President Wilkinson. And I remember phoning him and telling him, given my, my sob story, that this was really hard and I didn't really want to, I didn't want to be there. Now, I don't know how long I was on the phone to President Wilkinson, but it was a considerable uh, amount of time, probably a good hour. And I always remember, there were, you know, during the course of the conversation, there were, there were two things that he made me promise, or, or, what, or essentially what he made me promise is that I'd give it two more days. Um, that's what he asked of me that I would give it another couple of days. And so to my word, uh, you know, got off the, got off the call, spoke to other Gilmore and we kind of got back on with things. And to my word, I gave it those two days. Um, I gave it those two days, as I said, I would, but to me in those two days, everything seemed to get so much harder, you know? And so and, and to the point that we came, we came back in, we came back in the evening and I said to other Gilmore, I said, right, that's me. I'm done. And I started getting my things together. He's like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, no, no, I'm going. And he's like, no. He's like, you can't go. Because th that following day, we had like a busy day of appointments. We pulled out the, cal the, the sort of diary, the calendar. He's like, look, we've got a busy day tomorrow. He's like, you can't go tomorrow. He's like, if you want to go after that, man, I don't care. He said, but tomorrow you need to be here. So what, what happened is he went off to bed. He fell asleep. I packed all my stuff together. I snuck out the flat um, and I, I was walking to the train station. I was walking down to the train station when a taxi rolled up and said, look, where are you going? I said, oh, to the train station. The taxi driver gave me a free ride to the train station. Um, yeah, he helped me on my way. There we are. <laughs> and so I looked it up. The train, the train was coming at 5.30 in the morning. So honestly, that was the longest night of my life pacing back and forth in the train station, waiting for the train to come that would take me to Southampton. So eventually, you know, 20 past five, I'm getting ready to get, you know, more or less getting ready to get on the train. The train's pulling in. Who shows up? Alder Gilmore. You know, I remember him kind of walking in. He's like, dude, come on. You're coming back. And I'm like, no, man, I'm getting on this train. And I remember having this, like, argument with him, um, you know, where he was telling me that I was going back. I said, I'm getting on this train. And I always remember in, in this kind of exchange of words and, you know, I could tell he was pretty angry with me, but I always remember he said to me, dude, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. And at the time I thought, what does this guy know? You know, all, all I was interested in at that time was getting on the train and, you know, just stupid little things. I was in like normal clothes, as we call them, civilian clothes, you know, and it like felt good. Yeah. So I got on the train, much to his dismay, got on the train, um, and I was heading to Southampton. So it's a long, about an eight-hour train ride. And so like I said, I was in normal clothes. Mission rules at the time, we weren't allowed to drink 
cocoa lime brew. So I was drinking a Coke. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. All the stupid things you miss. <laughs> and I thought things were good. But the one thing, the one thing, um, the one thing that really impressed upon me on that journey that I'd never really realized until that point was, like I said, I had that sort of eight hours to, to kind of think about over and over again. And I realized for the first time ever that regardless of what choices I made or what I did with my life from there, the one thing I was never getting away from, the one fact that I was never getting away from was that I would always know the church was true. Um, it was something I couldn't get away from. But I realized then it was a choice. It, it was all about choice of kind of what I did with that. So I remember I remember that kind of being impressed upon my mind. So I got back home. I'd phoned, I'd phoned my brother up to say that I was coming home. So when I got off the ferry, um, my car was there. I got the keys. I drove my car home. And again, it felt good. It all felt, you know, it seemed good at the time. So I remember getting home um, and I kind of let myself because I had my key. My keys were there. So I let myself in. And there was uh, my family. When I opened the door, there were my family. And it was a weird experience because I could tell there was a bit bit of them that were sort of pleased to see me. But at the same time, it felt weird because I guess they probably, yeah, they never expected me to be home. So it was kind of weird. But I remember that anyway. Um, and I remember speaking to my mum. I've always gotten well with my mum. And I remember speaking to mum uh, sort of later on. And she said that my bishop, wanted to come and meet with me and he was going to come to the house to see me instead of me sort of going to the church to see him. And, and I said, right, okay. So that evening my bishop came around to, to see me, but when I look at it, I think although he, he came as my bishop, I think he was as much coming as my friend. He had been, when I grew up through the church, he'd been like the young men's president, you know, he'd, he'd done sort of everything um, with us as we grew up. And so I remember we were sit, sitting in my bedroom you know, sitting in my bedroom, an unusual experience. And anyway, and I, he was talking away, but you know, genuinely could not tell you anything that he said to me that evening. And I remember kind of sitting there, not really listening, not really paying attention, uh, but just going through the motions. And I'd never had an experience like this before. And as I sat there, I had this voice for the first time in my life, an audible voice come into my mind. And it simply said, you need to go back. And so this voice came in and I'm kind of processing this and thinking, I hate that. I hate this place. I'm not, you know, why do I want to go back? You know, and I remember having this sort of nestling, this playing it over in my mind, kind of darkness. I'm like, what? And again, it came again a second time. And the second time it came with this feeling that I thought, you know, I, I could no longer deny it. So I blurted out. I said, I want to go back. And he's like, what? I said, no, I, said, I want to go back. So quickly we called my mum and dad in and I told my mum and dad that um that I want to go back on my mission um so Wilkinson and he was absolutely brilliant couldn't have been nicer just just so accommodating so pleased that I want to go back and I said well absolutely so all the other missionaries probably hated me at that point because because I'd moved because I'd left they all would have been shifted about you, you know the emergency moves and there's me coming back again. So I'm just cause it causing havoc. So we jumped in the car. As soon as my bishop left, we kind of, you know, very quickly got my stuff together. I don't think I'd probably, I don't think I'd, I, to be honest, I hadn't even unpacked my stuff. It was still in the suitcase. So my mum and dad uh, took me, we jumped, jumped in the car, 
caught the ferry and we drove through drove through the night um, back up to Scotland. So we so we arrived. I think we arrived back in in Scotland in Stirling about six in the morning. And so that was it. You, know, I kind of said goodbye quickly. Said goodbye to my mum and dad. You know, I'm very grateful that you know they were, you know, uh, just a, just just like you know, with no notice, they were you know prepared to do that. Um, I think my dad had to go to work the following day as well. So you know, credit to him, a real hero. So, but I remember when I got back to when I got back to the flat, um, I remember going into the room just on my own. And I remember just kind of getting on my knees and, and, and praying. Um, and I remember that basically when I, when I kind of prayed, um, I kind of just poured my heart out to God. And I told him, I was honest with him, I said that up until that point um, of my mission, I'd really struggled and I really found it difficult. But I made him a promise. Um, I made him a pledge that over those next two years that I was going to be I was going to be a good missionary, that I was going to give it everything I had um, to being a good, successful missionary. And I just simply asked in the moments and times where I lacked something that he would give me that which I needed, but I was going to give it everything I had. Um, and so for me, I look back to my mission, and that was the kind of pivotal moment for me when when everything changed. Um, you know, and it was you know a crazy experience, but one I look back and I think I was glad it happened because it put a lot of things in perspective, um, and and particularly near the end of my mission. Um, it was great when you would, uh, when I was sort of traveling missionary towards the end of my mission, when you would meet missionaries and were like, oh, we're done. I, I can't do this. I'm like, boys, sit down, listen. You know, and um, and it was like Elder Pattenden, obviously he was one of my companions and his brother had a saying, and I like it. And this, really, this, and his brother had a saying that his brother used to say to him, I made the mistake so you don't have to. And, and I always loved that little saying. And I think this very much applied. And I look at I look, and I looked and think, well, why did I why did I do this stupid thing? But I think it was very much me doing that stupid thing was able to stop other people doing it because I'd been through that same experience and I knew what it felt like. Um, and for me, I think it probably shaped the course of my life. This this so I, I don't I don't think it was a mistake. I think I I needed to do it. So that was that was my that was my that was my story. And like you say. <laughs> Stupid, like I said, going back to what I said at the beginning, at the time I was young, stupid, stubborn, and I didn't appreciate, you know, Elder Gilmore. Like I say, he was, he was uh, obviously a great trainer. And after that, we got on fantastic. And, you know, to this day, you know, he, he is a legend. Um, and I can see that he, you know, he was just trying to help me. And I was just too stupid to realize it at the time. But. But uh, you know, no, we had some we had some good times after 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 that experience. That's good. Can you verify that Alec did punch you in the face? Yes, that's, I that thought was his, gonna... his recollection. Yeah, I thought I thought that, but I, I, I didn't want to. I've always said that to like people, but I thought I didn't want to think. But I, I was pretty sure because like there's a lot going. He did, he did. He was he was pretty he was pretty angry, pretty angry. Um, and and to be fair, I don't blame him. I don't blame him because I think I'd probably do something similar. If 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 it was yeah, if it was the other way around. So uh, I thought maybe that was going to be a theme throughout this. You know, your companion, the MGC, punching you in the head. And... So no. <laughs> so. <sighs> Man, what a great story! That's amazing. Thank you for that, Rory. Appreciate well, you opening up a little bit. Good.
yeah, I think I think that helps even now. People, we all go through hard times making difficult decisions, but being able to come back, like, and the impact I know you had in the mission uh, from that point on is just remarkable. So, all right. So how long were you in Sterling? So I was in Sterling, um, trying to think, I should know this. I think I was there for uh, about four and a half months. So I was there with, obviously, Gilmore. Gilmore was my trainer, Alec Gilmore. And then when he left, it was Josh Josh McNee. He came in. So he was, um, yeah, he was good. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, I can say this. I can say this, got to be honest. Like, when he came, I, he was a great lad, uh, fellow Englishman, good lad. But when he came, he was looking a little bit, he was looking a bit scruffy, right? I'm not going to be about the bush. He was looking a bit scruffy. Uh, he needed a good haircut. And so I always remember, I said, look, I'll give you a haircut. And I'd been to the barbers, and they do that cool trick with a comb, you know, where they, where they had the comb and then they shave it. And I'm like, I can do that. And I remember trying to give him a haircut, and I tried it. And I put a big, a big bald patch on the back of his head. <laughs> so he will regret getting me to cut his hair. Um uh, he was good. We had we had some we had some good times together. So I think yeah, I think I was there. If I can remember, about four and a half months in in Sterling. Okay, that was good. And then where? So then I went to Gala Shields. So, so when when I went to Gala Shields, I used to say made the joke to other missionaries. I said, "Oof, President must really trust me now." put me in, on the border with a car so i thought so that was um but gala gala was brilliant um in the wee hoik the hoik branch and i was there with landon ames elder ames so he was we had some we had some good fun together there yeah and quite the pedigree so far yeah no kidding <laughs> carry on carry on so after after Gala Shields, I went to Glenrothes. So we, it was me and Elder Leonard, Mark Leonard. So we, we whitewashed into Glenrothes. So that was kind of a new experience for us. Went there with pretty much nothing, um, starting from scratch. Um, but that was that was that was cool. And I know I know Tom Tom spoke a little bit about Glenrothes about some of our home improvements that we did to the. Uh, to the house we lived in. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was the last time I saw you was when I was I finished up my mission in Glenrothes and you just stopped by. Just oh, that's wanted right. to that's see where right. we live. That's right. We were that's still right. there. Memory lane. Yeah, no, it was that was good. Um we had, we had some good experiences on that street. So <laughs> um so after after Mark came Tom. Um so Tom Tom was Tom was brilliant. Um you know, I can't say enough good about Tom. Tom was just a real, uh, just a gentle giant. Just, just it was just, just a sort of pleasure to to be around. Um, just nothing was ever a problem. As I think I watched when when Tom was on, you know, and I kind of vouched that I can't. You know, we never, never fell out, fell out in the whole time, um, and it was just an absolute blast. You, know, I think we, I think he said that as well. We had, hopefully, I was trying to show him the balance that you could work hard. But you could still have a lot of lot of fun. Um, so yeah, those those were good good times. And even 
uh, when I was listening to Tom, I, I, you know, you, you forget things. And he was talking about when I was making a wee window in 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 the living room. I couldn't even remember. And when he was talking about, my, oh, I do, I do remember that. But just <laughs> all these random things you do. <laughs> so, so was no, it for that, your flat or was it for someone else? I thought he mentioned it was for someone else. Maybe. It was for somebody else. Yeah. So okay. it, it was for somebody else. So there was there was a there was a funny time as well because. When we served together there, um, there, there were, we, when we were chapping one day, we came across just a kind of what you'd call poor souls, a family that were kind of, you know, just kind of struggling, um, just things were obviously been quite difficult and they didn't really seem to have a lot. So when we went back to the flat, I said to Tom, I said, you are, I said, come on, I'm going to give them some money. I was going to give them some money and buy them some things. And he's like, no, no, he said, don't be stupid. Don't do that. Um, he thought I was being too too soft, being too gullible, and maybe I was. So I was like, right, okay, listen. And then and then it it's like role reversal. So I said, right, no, I'm not doing it. And then 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 Tom Tom decided that that he would do it. So in the end, we did. We we, we clubbed together with our money, and we bought these people some stuff. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe we are gullible, but it felt good anyway that we we were trying to do something. But yeah, Tom Tom likes he just he had a great big heart. Um, just yeah, real real pleasure serving with him. Some good good memories in in uh, in Glenrothes. And this we had the uh, always remember the sisters. The sisters were over in Kokodi as well. They stayed in the posh. They had a it was a sister McConkey and sister McGowan. They stayed in like Kokodi. Their flat was dead posh. And the only reason we realised that is because we had to go. I think it was right. Maybe it was before. I think it was Sister James was maybe with Sister McConkey before, and we'd been over there to give them a blessing, and we got to see the flat. And we're like, whoa! They were like living like kings, and we were slumming it in in our place. <laughs> uh, but yeah. no, it was good, good, good experiences. So from there, I went to Glasgow. Um, so in Glasgow, I served with Chris Pattenden. So I was quite excited because he, uh, again, another, <laughs> I had a lot of English guys, uh, a lot of English companions. <laughs> well, Chris, Chris, I was quite excited about Chris because uh, he was from the same stake. Just before I went on my mission, Chris had moved into my stake. So I was quite excited to, for the opportunity to serve with somebody, you know, that from my stake knew the same people and just, you know, so we had... So we had uh, we had a great time together within the sort of Glasgow zone leaders. So just and one of one of our big campaigns while we were together is we were trying to get for years there'd been no sisters in Glasgow in the Glasgow zone. So we had a little campaign to try and get sisters in the Glasgow zone, and we we did. We got sisters in Rutherglen. I remember that. So so we got sisters back in the zone. <laughs> Uh, in Rutherglen of all places yeah that was that so good <laughs> one what a place from huh <laughs> funny so so then after that um, who then Pattenden moved on so then it was Elder Nielsen uh, um, he came in to serve with me so we were there um, I always remember we did we, again like I say just we like to have fun and be jokers and so i remember one one p day one preparation day <laughs> the stupid things you do but it's funny at the time is we phoned around all the kind of the zone um just 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 being stupid and remember like elder sprague 
Now, Elder Sprague will watch this and he'll be laugh at this because previous to me calling Elder Sprague, probably a few months previous or certainly before, I can't remember exactly what happened, but they were getting left home late at night. Um, I think it was a mum and a daughter giving him a left home. And anyway, but I think they got in, got in trouble. President gave him a talking to and President, his usual line, that he's got the plane ticket ready and all that. Uh, President <laughs> Breed. And so... I remember phoning Elder Sprague. I'm like, Elder Sprague. He's like, what the heck have you done? He's like, no, no, I've, I've not done anything. He's like, man, President is ticked, man. He's raging. You know, and he's, and he's rightly so saying, look, Elder Grant, I've not done anything. I'm like, look, I wouldn't phone President. I'd give him some time. So that was what we did to Elder Sprague. And then Elder <laughs> McAndrews, Elder McAndrews, um, I can't try to remember. There was some conflict going on in, would it have been, Dumbarton. Was it, was it uh, would it have been Afghanistan or Iraq? Anyway, there, there, oh, there's yeah. some conflict, yeah, there's conflict oh, going yeah. on. And so we phoned, we phoned out the McAndrews said because of what was happening, he said that uh, missions were getting reduced to 18 months because you know, the American missionaries were getting called up. And he was <laughs> stoked because he was not far off his 18 months. So he was like ecstatic. <laughs> He's getting home. So <laughs> That, that was a kind of flavour of the stupid pranks we were playing. Then I remember I was I was in, you know, after we'd done all this all morning, I was shaving. I was shaving and Elder, Elder Nelson said, oh, uh, and he said, oh, presence on the phone. So he came on the phone and he said, Elder, Elder, I need you to pack your bags up. You're going to Irvine. <laughs> and I just laughed. I said, ha, ha, very funny present. Who's put you up to this? He's like, Elder, I'm not joking. I need you to be gone within an hour. So, so that was it. So I had I got shipped off to to Irvin. Um I was just thinking there. I said Nelson, but I think it was Nelson. Like it's just terrible, was it? So anyway, wait, Elder Nelson, like he so his because I was I had to go pretty early. And I said, Are you gonna hang out with the other missionaries? Uh the other missionaries, uh I think they were in Knightswood at the time. And he said, nah. So he just he just spent because his his next companion wasn't coming in until about four o'clock. So he spent the day walking around sort of Glasgow on his own. <laughs> That's a sketchy thing to choose to do. Thing to do. So Man. so then like so I went to Evan, so I went with Elder Hagger, Spencer Hagger. Mm, yeah. So he was there. Is over in the sort of uh, Paisley zone. So I went there the week before moves because Elder Newman, Carl Newman, um, he had to go home because he had some, you know, I think some there were some tough things going on at home for him uh, personally, family-wise, so he went home. So I went with Elder Hager to learn the area and to learn the zone just a week before moves. Um, and then I got Stephen, Stephen Webb. He was my final... He was my final companion, um, and he was he was brilliant. The, uh, again, just had a blast with him. Just ah, he was great. Um, so those were all my areas, and then the last three months I was a traveling mystery. So I went somewhere different every week, and that that ah, that was brilliant as well. That was really good. So yeah, yeah, so that's man, you, you served with the who's who of the mission. That's right. <laughs> we need your help getting those guys on, though. We I do. I'll we... have to. We have to get some of them on. 
yeah, it would be good. One memory that I have of you, Rory, is that you came as a traveling missionary. It was probably your last six weeks. It had to have been because Jack was training me up in Peterhead and right. he came to our district meeting and then you came back with us and I'm driving yeah. the car up to Peterhead and I'm like, just in my mind thinking, man, he's going home in a few weeks. And you, you brought, you like, you read my mind immediately and you said, Elder Hewlett, how long you been out? I said, oh, it's my second transfer. And you went, oh, for, for me to go back to my second transfer, what I would give. And I was thinking to myself, this guy's a nut. He's an absolute nut. There's no way that, that if I was in his position, I would say the same thing. But, you know, I didn't understand at that point in time because, man, it was hard. It was really yeah, difficult. Yeah. And it was so cold in Peterhead. I could not. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> but in hindsight, you know, in my moment, as I'm going home, I was like, I thought back to that moment with you and I went, what I wouldn't give to do it again. You know, yeah, it was just yeah. amazing. It was such okay. an experience. So I appreciated that because you put that nugget in my head <laughs> that sat there for the next 20 odd months. And at the end, I just went, man, Rory, Rory was right. I mean, this was amazing. Like, there's no yeah. other way to, ex to explain it than it was amazing. Totally. Yeah. I don't remember that. Really? You're going back to Peterhead with us. No. <laughs> Rory's in the back seat. I'm driving and you must have been That's asleep like, next to us. I must have been asleep. <laughs> That's probably right. We probably we probably had gone to the cow zone spot in Aberdeen and and had a big lunch or something and you were just you were <laughs> maybe with your eyes open but just glazed over. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, good good times. Yeah, it was. Yeah. My main memories are of you and Pattenden in in Glasgow, the zone leaders. I was in Cumbernauld. That's right. And that's right. The concrete jungle. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun in that zone. Oh. But the zone was good, was it? It was, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good times. And, um, so yeah, you talked about, <laughs> I remember, I don't know, everybody is used to saying, I was thinking that today, we were like a saying, chuffing bandit, like me and Pat, I always used to say that. Oh, yeah, chuffing bandit, chuffing <laughs> bandit. That, that, and he had a new pair of shoes every time I saw him. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you remember? I don't know if you remember. Pattenden, when um, I uh, when I, when I when I when I moved into when I went to Glasgow um, with him, like opened up the the flat, the cupboards, and it was all it was like as the smart price. And I was like, and I'm like, Pattenden, we can't do this. I was like, I'm not eating like this. So, <laughs> uh, so we, you know, I got him buying the good stuff again. So I always remember when I, when I went home, he came home three months after me. So I went over to visit him uh, when he got back. And um, I always remember, he said to his mum, he said, mum, he said, uh, he said he put weight on. He said, mum, it's his fault. It was him. He did it to me. But I always remember one of the best memories with Pattenden is he bought, I'm sure he bought it from, maybe it was like Asda. He bought this like suit. And to be fair, it looked pretty sharp. It was like a pinstripe suit. And he got it for like a real deal in Asda. <laughs> Put <laughs> the business, but I always remember I think it was at Zone Comp in uh fix his trousers up. So but yeah, oh, no. Pat, 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 was a good lad. It's good. Yeah. So
So you, you talked about, you know, your interaction with President Wilkinson there in your first few weeks. Yep. Most of the time you were with President Brains, Sister Brains. Yes. What what memories do you have of them? Um, to be fair, they were they were great. Um, just always remember President Brains. He just had, uh, you know, I always remember when I first saw him, huge hands. His hands were like, he used to hang them over and you're like, well, this guy's hands are like shovels. <laughs> you know, big, big hands. But he was brilliant. Like we spoke about, you know, gentle giant. He was just brilliant, and uh, I loved just the opportunities you got to spend with him, talk one on one with him, and he was just, you know, brilliant. Um, Sister Vreens, she was an absolute hoot, you know, crazy. Um, you know, I remember when they first sort of came into the mission. It was Elder Elder Croshaw, um, and I remember like she got Elder Croshaw. And she got him up and she got him and she had his like, she grabbed him, she had his arm twisted around his back. And he was like, ah, you know, and, and also uh, Tom, Tom had spoke about, um, I watched it and I laughed. Tom said that last time he said he was going to share something. He said, I'm sure that I wouldn't mind sharing. And he spoke about my little problem, you know, with my sweaty hands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's funny because when, when me and Stephen Webb were together, we had, uh, when we were in the Paisley Zone, we'd had it was, you know, interviews. So obviously being the zone leaders, we were the last ones to kind of, so we're in with Sister Vreens. And it was just, you know, brilliant. You know, just out of nowhere, she starts like banging the table laughing. She's like, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what's going to Sister Vreens? And she says, oh, now I remember. I'm like, remember what? You're the little boy with a sweaty hand problem. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what when you say sister Vreens, that's what I always remember. She was just a <laughs> so yeah. Um, but present, present was brilliant as well because I remember one time I don't know what we'd been doing. I think we'd been playing football. Uh, we were in Edinburgh for some reason, and uh, I remember saying to present, I, you know, I said, "Oh, present, we we'll, yeah, you know, we began to get some food." And present, I think, gave us some money. I said, "Are we taking the Hot Wheels?" And he let us take his his car. And back in those days, like taking President's car was like, oof. And I remember spanking it through Edinburgh, like, yeah, because it was better than like the wee courses that you got. Yeah, it was <laughs> good. So, yeah, present, present, brilliant. That's great. Another thing we ask everybody from our generation is about the transition to preach my gospel. Yeah. And how that experience was. To- to be fair, I thought it was brilliant because um, you'll kind of, and you, you'll maybe remember that for me. I remember when I came into the mission, it was the six discussions, you know, the wee books, and you had to kind of, you were told to kind of memorize the discussions, memorize the scriptures. And I remember serving with, you know, you, you, you know and that's the way it was. I remember you know, with Gilmore and the, the sort of senior, the older missionaries that had been in the mission. They used to just all rattle off all the phrases. It was just, you know, it rolled off the kind of tongue. Um, I remember um, speaking to the zone leaders, and I said about, you know, it used to be the rule at the time, before you could drive a car on the mission, you had to have memorized all the discussions. You had to, like, memorize them and pass them off to the zone leader. I remember it was Elder Steglitz, like, French missionary. He was like, yes, Elder Grant, you must do this. You know, and I'm like, oh. And... I'm rubbish at things like that, you know. And I, and I remember thinking that when I came out, I thought I'm never going to be able to do that. 
you know, I'm never going to drive a car on my mission. That's what I thought. <laughs> so when uh, when Preach My Book Gospel came out um, and Teaching by the Spirit, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. I loved it because it just allowed you to kind of to be yourself. You know, and kind of, and uh, yeah. so I thought from, you know, don't get me wrong. So I had to try and memorize and I did my best to kind of memorize in the old way. Um, but when Preach My Gospel came out, I remember thinking, man, it was a massive difference. And it was just, you know, just came at the right time. And, and just what a difference it made, just kind of teaching by the spirit. You're actually listening to the individual, leading the individual and teaching them what they needed rather than what the book told you to teach them. You know, it was just, I thought it was really you know, brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, he, he, and even, I don't know, it used to be, we used to remember the book, The Missionary Guide. Yeah, The Purple Dragon. Yeah, that, that was a, one of the big things I spoke about a lot at the end when I sort of traveled around, is I tried to say, because, you know, a lot of missionaries I felt like when they came on the mission, they tried to be like the missionary from The Missionary Guide. You know, this straight, focused, obedient missionary. Um, and whereas I tried to kind of, um at the end i tried to kind of instill into the mysteries i spoke with about being yourself you know being your best self if you've got gifts talents if you've got a good sense of humor or whatever it is then use that you know because that was why god made you that particular way um you know if, if we were all that sort of robotic missionary from the missionary guide you know we, it could it could have sent us anywhere it wouldn't matter where we went um so yeah i've really enjoyed preaching my gospel and uh, i thought it was good yeah i think actually i i must have i think i got the first chapter before i moved to the glasgow zone but then i think we got the book yeah uh when i was there so as a zone diving into that and learning it i think we all had that same feeling that this is this is it this is the new the way it should be done so great well have you, since you live in Scotland, you run into people you came across on your mission? I do. So, um, so in uh, in Kakadi, um, so uh, there was a we, we taught uh, we taught me and Tom. We taught a lady called Pat um, Pat Morley. So, so it's brilliant. So, <laughs> it's funny. I'll say this because I don't think she'll watch. I don't think she'll watch this, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, she's she's brilliant. Uh, so she called she calls herself yeah, so she called herself Granny Pat. Yeah, that's what we call the Granny Granny Pat. Um, so when when I, when I moved up, um, you know, so it was great. I'd see her at you know uh, things like state conference and state activities, and every time you'd see her, she'd kind of grab hold of you, pull you in close, and just put a big smacker on your lips and you're like, <laughs> you know. And so my wife, she would like she would hide. She was always hiding because she felt quite comfortable. But Granny Pat was brilliant. Um, she even, uh, she, but it was quite funny because she had said she had a picture of all the missionaries above her bed and she'd look at every night before she went to bed and she kept saying to me, I've not got one of Tom. He's not got, he's not giving me one. And then eventually she got one of Tom and then she says, I don't know what he's doing. She says, He's not got any kids yet. She says he needs to get he needs to get the owl plates off. That's how she said it. She's stopped, yeah. So when Tom and Laura had a child, oh she was ecstatic. You know, she's uh but yeah. So I see so I see Pat quite often and then um some of the like the regional uh sort of the regional youth days and things, they, those have been quite good where you go to other places 
seeing a lot of the people from the mission. So it's it's good. I'm sad to say I've been back. I've been back to some of my um, some of the units I've served in before, um, but I probably need to do it more. But I'm blessed that I've got the opportunity to to be able to do that. Um, and I've done that even with um, when I was in in work. Um, one of the areas in my in my work over the years, I've always in Scotland. I've always travelled, yeah, you know, pretty far and wide. But one place I've never really gone to was Glenrothes and Kirkcaldy. And so with this job that I'm with now, I happened to one of the sites that I go to visit. Um, it was near one of my sort of previous investigators. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go and see her. So, so I could remember where she stayed. Couldn't remember the, the, the street name, but I could remember in my mind the street. So I rolled up one, one day because I was going to go there before. But I never, but I said I'd go to site, go to work first, you know, do what I'm supposed to be doing the, during the day, go do my work, and I'll go there after. But I didn't get time. So this particular morning, I decided I was going to go make this visit first. So I rolled in, found the street, and sort of chapped on this door <laughs> that I've not been to for, like, say, nearly 20 years. Um, so I knocked on this door, and Christine Foy was her name, showed in the door, and she was like, you know, so she remembered me. She's like, Grant. I was like, yeah. So, so we went in and had a good speak with her. But it's interesting because she had just been looking at a, like a wee holiday magazine and there was a little bit on in there about the Isle of Wight. And so she, that morning, just been looking at it. She said, oh, I read that, saw that, and I thought about you. And that was brilliant. So I spent a wee bit of time with her. And, and the interesting thing was, I think, it's all about timing because – I was going to go there before, but never, never got down to, you know, it didn't work out. But that particular day I turned up there, it actually turned out to be a birthday. So I thought, you know, just, just, it was quite wow. fitting. It turned up on that day. So it was brilliant. So, so yeah, so I'm, I'm lucky. Like, see, I need to do, getting back to think, you know, I'm blessed that I'm in the area. I'm close to, uh, but I don't take it. I don't use it as I don't make full advantage of it so i need to do better you know i have been to see a few people but i need to i need to do better so yeah that's wonderful yeah we've talked to we've talked to quite a few who are in the temple district and you know they see people at the temple and yeah run into people and that's something that we're jealous of uh, yeah. living over here we we just don't have that opportunity so no you're, you're pretty far spread there it's a wee bit easier here i suppose yeah or a lot yeah. easier yeah so who's uh, who is the current stake president now that Daryl Watson's serving a mission? So it is it is President President Snee Ian Snee. Do you remember Ian Snee? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So he so was he, the he was the bishop then, right? When we yes, were we yes. were in that area. Okay. Yeah. So he he's brilliant. So he's he's been the stake president for uh, this is him going into his ninth year. So he's been in. Wow. Who's been in? So he's. I think he's due to get released at the end of the year. So he's he's brilliant. Ian's fantastic, and so and then his son Craig, he's now the bishop in Bingham. Wow, that's so, cool. So he's he's a good guy as well. So are you next up when President Snee gets uh is no. not gets no, released? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Rory. Don't be so. Don't be like that. You got to. <laughs> no, I'm, sh I'm they, sure you're on the they, top of the they, list. They were, they were crazy enough to call me as the bishop before. You know, they, they won't be crazy enough to call me to anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
That was something you told me also the last time I saw you was uh, that you thought that the second coming would happen when the prophet had the same haircut as you. <laughs> <laughs> Still convinced of that? Yeah, that was funny. I, I don't know um, if you look. One of my friends, he says this, and he's, he's probably right. There is probably a bit of a bit of resemblance. He always jokes and says that Dallin H. Oaks, he says, I look a bit like Dallin H. Oaks, like a younger version. I'm like, oh, maybe. It just must, it's just, it's this. This is what it is. <laughs> I've, I've gone to that haircut myself now too. So well, that's it. it. Happens to the best of us. <laughs> Understandable. I'm going to save mine as long no, as you're, I can. You're doing pretty well. You are, Zach. What's the What's the secret? Uh, I don't know that I have secret. It's uh, discovered once once upon a time that washing your hair less often is actually better for your scalp. And my hair came back, so I'll I'll uh, say that it's that. So you just yeah. shower. That's the secret. No, it's not a matter of showering, Jack. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Less shampoo. <laughs> well, this has been wonderful, Rory. Good. It's like blast from the past here. No, it's been good. Who else do you want to shout out that you know maybe we haven't had on? You'd like to see come on the podcast. We we can research them. And you can help us get them too, but I mean, I, t- I tell you, Stephen Webb, that would be one. Because to be honest, I've tried to, I've tried to find him, but he's a hard man to find. I can't even find any trace of him anywhere. But he where's was brilliant. He, where's he from original? Oh, I feel Arizona. Back. I think so. Yeah, he's Arizona. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so right. he he was good. Um, yeah, so it'd be good to, good to hear from from him. I'd like to hear from him. So yeah, if you can anyone, find him, anyone good. else, anyone else, he's one I we'd love to have on too for sure. Who who have you have you had? Uh, I know you've you've had Elder Bear, have you? He was he was brilliant. Elder yeah. Bear is going to come on again because he oh, felt like being one of the early early podcast participants. He he has more to say. I talked to him on the phone not two days ago. And he's been listening to the podcast religiously. Funny enough, he texts me while we've been talking. He has pages of stories he wants to share. And <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to hear from him again. But yeah. Uh, no, that's good. Uh, you, what about, do you remember Elder Noble? Charles. Charles. We recorded yeah. his last week. Did you? Yeah. You know what? He's, he's, uh, he's, he's brilliant because, um, like I said, we all, we all look a wee bit different. We're looking a bit older than that. But Charles, I was just totally different. I saw him, obviously, I remember him from his mission, but I saw him on Facebook. I'm like, whoa, totally different guy. Um, just looked totally different, but he was good. I liked, I liked him. I liked Charles. As we're speaking right now, his episode will be published this coming Friday. Fantastic. Oh, I look forward to that then. That'll be good. Yeah. It, Jack and I enjoyed that one. We love Charles. He's such a, he's such a character. We love him. Oh, yeah, totally. He was my um, companion there in Glenrothes. So, and what about I don't know because you, you go. Uh, have you ever had Jeff Jeff Croshaw? Not yet. He he <laughs> would he, he was a real character. Like, he would be he would be quite entertaining. I would imagine out of Croshaw. Is he a Utah guy or he's he, he from someone else? He's a Utah guy. Yeah. Is he okay? Yeah. He's from the 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 group of friends that's like we talked to Catherine McConkey and yeah. Richard Dunn, all them. That's okay. it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll track him down. 
It's a matter of when, not when. if at this that's point. It, that's it. I like that. <laughs> yeah. We need well, to we need to get back in touch with Chris Patton then too. He's one that he said he would participate, but when we first reached out, he was in the midst of a busy time. So we'll get him on the schedule and probably in the summer months, I would imagine. I'll I'll drop I'll drop him a little message as well, just to kind of just to try yeah. and push push him. That's right. We we like member referrals. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we do. All right, Rory. Well. Thank you so much for making the time for us. This has has been awesome. No really problem. enjoyed it. No, thank you. Like I say, uh, no, it's been great. You know, um, I'm sure kind of others would have said that as well. But you, what the two of you do, um, it's pretty good. You, 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 relentless. You focused, and it's what you do makes a difference. It was actually Craig, Craig Sneed, like my bishop. Now he he'd said to me a little while ago. Uh, he said like you. He said, "Ah," oh. and he said to me, "Have you seen these? You seen these wee podcasts?" Um, he's like, "They're dead good." Um, so, and it's so, and a lot of people up here. Um, I go up to Montrose. I go to Montrose. That's my kind of unit. I go to at the moment that I signed that I go to for the on the sort of high council, and uh, people up there talk about you. Know, so you're doing you're doing a great job. Um, so keep keep up the good keep up the good work. Glad will to you hear it? Will you tell the the people in Montrose the Elder Hewlett says hello because I was there. I served in that ward for six months of my mission, and I think I try to who, remember who I shared it with. There's a Montrose like group Facebook page yeah, that I shared yeah. the podcast with, yeah. and you know I'm still in touch with a lot of them. And I know that like uh, Ian Ian Liston lives up there yeah. now from Dunfermline, bishop, and yeah. so is he the bishop now? He's the bishop now, yeah. Oh man, give that man a love from me, like that. I just—he's such a good, good man. I will, I will mention you in my talk on Sunday. I'll mention that you say hi to them all, so they'll, they'll be they'll be stoked to hear that. I love it. Tell tell them we love we love uh, we'd love for them to follow along and you know hear from missionaries who served in their wards. You know, and there's a great great group of people up there. Uh, the Martin Henderson and his wife yeah. Sharon are some of my yeah. favorite people. My goodness, they're just. And then obviously the Stronics, they they were my second parents while I was there. He's Robert, you know Robert's not being very yeah, but yeah. He's, doing, he's doing he's doing okay. Yo. Yeah, I've seen Helen's uh, posts about his memory stuff and trying to help him progress in that. I'm sure that he's just gone through so much trauma that yeah, that'll be a long road back. But he seems to be doing well enough, so give him my love for sure. Yeah, yeah, I will do. So no, it's been great. Like I say. Brilliant. I didn't know what you'd ask. I'd wrote down loads of things. I'd look loads of notes. I'd wrote down about all the crazy people, the good experiences, the, the kind of spiritual things of it. It's no, it's been great. So we got we got more time. You can share some more stories if you want. Well, there's 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 uh there's there's uh I'm trying to remember all the random uh <laughs> when we were in Leven, when I served in Glenrothes, um that was like a great area, but I would say that was the place where we met the most random people and the most unusual experiences. Um, and I remember we, we, me and me and Tom, we were out chapping doors. I think it was like a Saturday evening, and we were talking to a guy um, at his front door, and we we're kind of talking to him. And sort of out of nowhere, this lady comes, you know, is is his wife. She comes into the scene. She and we're talking about Joseph Smith recount his experience and she says 
I believe that. We're like, whoa, you know, as missionaries, you're totally stoked when somebody says you're like, yes. And uh, she seemed like really pretty. And, and she said, oh, I'd like to hear more. And we're like, oh. So we had to go. So we arranged to go back there. I think it was on like the Monday evening. So we were pretty pumped to go to see this, 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 this lady. And I remember, so we went there on the Monday night. And we went in and um, we, we, you know, we sat down, we started speaking to her. And then it's pretty, pretty, pretty unusual. And she, she was, you know, I'm trying to, to the best of my kind of memory. And she was like, and she said, uh, she said, oh, I've been in my room for 18 months. I said, what do you mean 18 months? She's like, with Jesus. So I said, what, what, what do you mean? She's like, no, I've been in my room for a year and a half with Jesus. And I'm like, I'm thinking, well, oh, this lady, you know, she's, you know, and, and it was quite, she was obviously quite intense. And, and, and uh, to be honest, I was a little bit like sort of freaked out the way she was talking. And I'm like, and I'm looking at Tom, like, I don't know, I don't think this, I think this lady's a wee bit. And then she just grabbed hold of her hands. And when she grabbed hold of her hands, because we said, we're, you know, we'll just uh, we pray and we'll go. And she grabbed hold of her hands and she grabbed hold of Tom and she's like shaking back and forth, like, like she's feeling feeling something then she came to me and she's just like totally still and she's like don't worry don't worry young man it will come and after that i was pretty freaked out i was like come on tom let's go and i remember like getting in we got in the car and i think tom was driving so we jumped in the car quickly and she's there like banging on the window because like tom might like, just drive because she's like mental chasing us down the street and like and tom's putting the window down like just just being stupid but i'm like no put the window back up and she's like god is gonna show you young man and you're going down the street and this lady was chasing us down the street and i'm like total mental but you always remember it just just funny we had and i remember we had another uh again while i was in glenn rothis a guy called we were at the bus station one day and we were we just waiting for the bus at the bus station and this guy came over and he came over and he put something in the bin and he came by and he like looked and there was a there was a bin that was closer to him but he came to this bin sort of you know in front of us then he looked and he was like elder you're looking at badges so we got quickly speaking to him this guy called brian and he was sort of ex-military so you know and he was just a young guy so we used to meet with brian each week you know a few times a week and he seemed quite keen. And I remember we were laying in bed. This is when we had the mobile phones. We're laying in bed and the phone goes off, you know, and it's about, and I'm like, yeah, it's about half past 12 at night. And I'm like, hello? And he always used to call us brothers. I don't know what he called us brothers. He's like, evening, brothers. And he's like, tomorrow, when you come, could you bring me a bottle of Coke and some wine gums? I'm like, what? <laughs> And that's that's how Brian was. He just randomly phoned us in the middle of the night, you know, or if it wasn't wine gums, it was like licorice all sorts. And it was like, hi, mental. <laughs> one, one time. So we used to visit with him. And then one time it was like a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday early evening. We got a phone call from Brian and he was like um pretty emotional on the phone. And he's like, Brothers, brothers, I need you. And I'm like, and we're like, whoa, what's up with him? And he's like, I'm in the hospital. And I said, well, where are you? And he said he was in the hospital in Glenrothes. And we're like, there's no hospital in Glenrothes. So we were with one of the members. And they're like, oh, there's this little place. She went there. And Brian was just kind of got in. And he's sitting in the chair. You know, just like. And there's these kind of 
paramedics there. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, like Brian, we're going we're gonna to take you. Um, we need to take you, Brian. And he says, ah, the brothers, they're coming with me. And we're like, no, no, we, we can't come with you, Brian. And like, they were, they were taking him in, like, in the ambulance. And, like, and I said to the paramedic, I said, where, where do you take them to? They're like, Strathedon. I'm like, why Strathedon? Because I've obviously no idea. They're like, oh, it's a, it's a mental it, it, like a men, you know, men, mental institution. Oh my God. Um, and so he was adamant. So I was like, uh, I was like, well, right, well, we followed behind because we had a car at the time. So we followed behind. We went to this place, Strath, you know, Strath Eden. So we, while he was waiting to be seen, we're in this sort of lounge with all the patients. And I felt dead uncomfortable. We're sitting there and I just felt dead awkward because everything, you, when you go in these places, you're locked in. So it's pretty, I didn't like it. And then, I remember when we when he went for his assessment, he got took through, and obviously we got invited to go with him. And when you're teaching somebody, any time when like normally in any other circumstance, like he's, he's getting asked questions, and like like I'm saying, when somebody says God's helped them in any other time, you're like fantastic, like these people. And then when he's getting asked the questions, he's like, "Don't worry, God is helping me." And you're like, and then they just look at him like. This guy's off his tree, you know. And then, like, and uh, they're saying to him, he's wanting to go home. And they're like, No, we can't let you go home, Brian. He's like, I'm going with the brothers, I'm staying at their place tonight. I'm like, No, Brian, you can't stay at our place. He's like, No, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep on the couch. You won't know. I'm like, No, you, you can't. So, we ended up being there till we were there quite late with the phone present. We were there till about 12, and we had to give him a lift. We had to give him a lift. Uh, we had to give him a lift home. Oh. But oh, I was mental. Um, oh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one other funny story, and then I'll tell you something a bit more spiritual to finish on a better note. So we, when I was in, uh, when I was in Gala Shields, um, I was with Elder Elder Briner. So I was with Elder Briner. I forgot him. So I was in Gala Shields with Elder Briner. He he came in after Elder Ames, um, Benjamin Briner, and. He was always notorious for being late. He took too long getting ready. He just took forever and a day getting ready. Um, so that meant because he was late, I always used to have to drive a bit quicker. And he'd always moan about me driving. He said, Elder, we can't ask for Lord's protection if we're going above the speed limit. I'm like, well, get ready quicker. You know, and we always have these. <laughs> and I always remember one time, again, being stupid. He said, Elder, we can't have the Lord's protection. I was like, let down the window. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I'm letting the spirit out. If, you know, just, I've just been stupid, right? So anyway, <laughs> one, one, one Sunday, we had Lady Sebalello uh, that we're teaching, and she was, like, brilliant. I'll speak, speak about it in a minute. Um, but she, she lived in Coldstream, so she was 40 miles out. And on a Sunday, there were no buses. There was no members that could give her a lift. And so I always remember... So I phoned President and, and I said, President, what do we do? He said, Elders, like President, Elders, go get her, you know, go pick her up. So, so we jumped in the car to go pick her up on Sunday morning. And I remember like the car, because we weren't expecting to go to church and work local, it didn't have a lot of fuel in it. And so I, I got, and there wasn't enough fuel in it. So I go to the garage and Elder Brian is like, Elder, we can't do this. I was like, dude, the car needs fuel. He's like, he's like, it's something I'm like, the car's not gonna get the coach. It's not gonna. I said, like, we need fuel. So we had this argument anyway. So we put the fuel in the car because uh, there's faith, but it's not blind faith. So we put the fuel in the car because we needed it. 
And again, because because we had to do that because he's slow getting ready, we were I was going pretty quick. And we were going down this country road and this uh this pheasant ran out the middle of the road and I totally like nailed it. We were going, I think, about eighty-five down this country road. So when when we stopped and uh so we went and picked Sebalello up, like his investigator. And then when we uh when we were driving back, she's like, she's this little dead pheasant beside the road. And I'm like, didn't have the heart to say that was me that did it. But when we got to church, we looked at the front bumper, the front bumper in the car was broken, it was cracked. And there was like feathers sticking out. <laughs> so that that was it. And we always laugh about it. And then when I was in uh Glen Rothish, Elder Bryner phoned me up. He's like, dude, dude, do you remember that time we, we you hit that pheasant? I was like, Oh yeah. So like, how fast do you think we we're going? I said, I don't know, about 85. And he's like, Elder, I'm filling out the accident report form. I was like, dude, you can't put that down on there. I said, the president's gonna nail me. But sure enough, he did. So when <laughs> I went to the interviews. When we went for the interviews with the assistants, and the uh, I think when I was with Elder Leonard, they made a joke about him driving fast. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We've seen the accident report form. And I'm like, the president says you're never driving again. But no, nah, he was totally fine. <laughs> so that was, that was a couple of funny things. But I always remember probably one of my um, one of my best experiences on a mission was with this lady, Sebalello, the one that we'd picked up. We we had got uh, she was we got uh, from the mission home. You know, used to get a call from the mission home, like or a, it was like a media re, media referral. You know, so, mm -hmm. you know, and so we got we got we got this uh, got the information through. So gave her a call, and I think my right saying P days for us were Tuesday. They used to be Tuesday. They're Tuesdays, were they? They changed yeah. it. Monday. So it's Tuesday, and so I phoned her to make an appointment of when we could come out, and it's typical. She said, like, Tuesday, Tuesday, one o'clock. I'm like, man, this is B-Day. So anyway, we went with it because that was when she said, so we drove all the way out there, like 40 miles out, chapped the door, um, no reply. You're thinking, great, we've just driven all this way for nothing. It was like, uh, so we, we turn, walking away, and we get to the end of the path, and then this, this little lady opens the door. She's from South Africa. So she invites us back down and, um, and you know, she explained her story and she said what it was, she'd moved over here from, from South Africa. She had saw the advert on the telly for finding faith in Christ. You know, for at the time it was a, I think it was a video. Um, and she said, she felt like she, you know, she said she felt she needed it. She you know, felt good when she saw it. She went away to get a, a pen to take down the number. And she said, when she came back, the advertisement had gone. And so she said, but because she felt like it was something she needed, she was praying that somehow you know, she would be able to come across it. She'd be able to find it. And she said that one day she was coming back on the bus from Coldstream. She looked down at her feet and there was a wee parcel on card for finding faith in Christ. So that was how she managed to, to get the number. And I remember she was like golden, you know, golden, as golden as they could be. And I remember being a young missionary Think you know, and I could see that this lady was golden, and I just used to sit there all the time and not say anything because I thought I was going to say something stupid. And probably one of the, the the best experiences of my mission is when we were talking about the restoration. I spoke about Joseph Smith, and I just bore my testimony. That was all I did. That was all I could muster up. I thought, right, I can't make I can't make a mess of that. 
And I remember, like, you know, after doing that, um, I asked her how she felt, you know, and she said, I know, she said, I know, by the way, I feel, I know it's true, you know, and I, I, and, and I just love that because for me it was really good because I, going back to what we spoke about before with the old discussions, you know, I was worried about what I was going to say, that was going to say something stupid, get it wrong, and all I did was bear my testimony. And, you know, you could, times you feel the spirit, you could see, you know, she had tears in her eyes. And I always remember when we left, when I left, you know, it was dead cool. She kind of threw her hands up in the air and she's like, finally, finally I found the people that speak my language. And I was like, and I'm like, and at the time I didn't really get it. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, but but later on I realized what she was meaning. It wasn't that we spoke, you know, it was, it was like the language of the spirit. You know, that was what mm -hmm. she was doing. And so it was, that, that was probably one, teaching her was one of the, the kind of, best experience of mission so yeah brilliant i say that to, to, to people all the time you know young youth people and think about going on a mission a mission is, is is a mixed bag you you have the most random unusual experiences funny experiences and the most spiritual experiences it's like the whole package that makes it just incredible like you said zach you would oh, it's brilliant if you you know you would never you'd never think it at the time especially in the beginning you think what am i doing but by full, when you've come full circle at the end, you're like the greatest thing you've ever done. You and you wouldn't trade it for anything. The experience is just fantastic. Anyway, you yeah. see that I talk a lot, so shut up. I've said no, you, I mean you've said it exactly how how we feel. Like I was walking down the street on St. Patrick's Day on Friday, yeah. and you know there's an Irish pub down the road, and they had the pipes and drums, and I just kind of stopped and closed my eyes and had my hand over my heart, and I was like. I know it's St. Patrick's Day and it's more of an Irish holiday, but pipes and drums all day. Yes. That takes me right back to my old home. So absolutely. Love it. So yeah. And we love you, Rory. You're our brother. No, absolutely. Same to you. Like see, you know what? It's good. And I'm glad you've kind of um and my apologies. I know I was I was hard to kind of I was hard to pin down, and then I just—I I don't know. It's just it works on you. I'm like, you know what? I've got to do this. Hence my message. I'm like, not because I'd watch what you're doing. I'd watch. I'd enjoyed listening to this many episodes, and I thought, yo, this is good, and it's good because it brings back. Although it's, like, say, uh, near 20 years next month that I began this journey, it brings it all back. You don't forget any of it. You know, it's it is, and it's and it's good. It's been good for me thinking about it in preparation and it's just it's it's healthy and it's like see it's good sharing these positive experiences, particularly now. Your know, life can be hard at times, as you've said. I think the more things we've got like this, then the the better for everyone. So again, you appreciate appreciate what you're doing. Oh, thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, we love you, brother. Thank you for being our brother in Scotland. So uh, and make sure you take care of Dundee for us. Oh, I'll try. <laughs> but now we now we know where we can uh Come and hang out when when we're in town. Come to Dundee and come, come hang out with Rory. Absolutely, I like that. All, All right, right, brother. We love you. We'll see you soon. Uh, you too. All right. All right. Cheerio. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. bye.